my guy Corey Lay got his first W and then did what? Plus, chaos has entered the chat. Michelle is on edge. Horacio Norris kicks off with a lap dance for the ages. Asaf feels betrayed. Emmanuel turns his back, and Kieran becomes the first to get screwed over by a champion as Jordan is here to prove this arena belongs to him. It's the challenge. Battle for a new champion episode five recap coming up right now. What up and welcome to the challenge historian where we dive deep into all things MTV's the challenge past present or future if it's happening in the challenge universe we are here to document it I am your host and dedicated challenge historian Jacob Hollaball thank you so very very much for being here with me on this Wednesday night it's B-Fank day baby Wednesday nights B-Fank battle for a new champion episode five it's in the books the champs are here Chaos is here, although Chaos was already here before, but you know what I mean now. They're calling it Chaos. TJ is saying Chaos over and over and over, and we had yet another really good episode. I love this season. It feels like the reviews are mixed amongst the fandom, from what I can tell from the Twitter streets, the Instagram streets, and what have you. A little bit of Reddit dash of Reddit here and there. I would love to know your opinions, but I think you've known mine through the first four episodes if you've been following along, and nothing changes with this one. A fantastic episode in my books. I hope in your books as well. We're going to talk about it all. Quick programming reminders before we dive in. Nothing new. B-Fank Wednesday nights. Survivor 45 sometime over the course of the weekend with Tony whenever we're able to record that. Same as the last couple of weeks. Same as it will be for the rest of these seasons. I don't know how far into the holidays, if past the holidays, either of these seasons is going to go. I feel like the challenge is going right on through into the new year. I think Survivor is probably going to call it quits earlier much earlier than that but for as long as these two seasons are running that's what you're getting every single week from this channel agenda for tonight same as always so you know what why mess around let's just get to it episode five be fank jordan's here the champs are here kinda chaos is here totally let's dive in we begin at the house of course and we begin with Kylan being a little upset that the uh, clock has stolen his thunder and it really should not have. I mean, they made such a big deal out of this clock. I guess they didn't totally make a big deal out of this clock, but they, they start this episode making a big deal about the clock. They've referenced the clock a bunch before. It's a huge, huge deal. And then it's just kind of like, oh, 13 hours. So tomorrow late morning is when, oh, so like the next daily challenge. Okay, here's what they should have done. TJ should have walked through the door literally the moment the clock hit zero. They should have all been like sitting around being like, man, they haven't told us to leave. The bus ain't here. This, that, or the other. Like, what's going to happen? TJ walks through the door the moment it hits zero, says backyard daily right now, something. I don't know. I would have loved to just see him walk in at the moment and pay off this whole the clock's ticking down thing because I'm guessing that clock didn't hit zero the moment they pulled up to the daily challenge. Now, did it anyways. Jay, uh, one quick little nugget to point out. Jay does mention mercenaries. Now, in this moment, my first thought was like, they totally know, like they're, they obviously know, and they should to some degree be expecting something, the, the twist somehow, some way that there would be a vet, there would be a champ play some role in the season. They've just got to be sitting there hoping that it's not, they get to join the season in some way. 
But uh, maybe this is just like they scoured the footage. Has anyone even thrown out the idea of mercenary? Because someone's going to. They're just chatting about the game all day long, every day in that house. Someone's going to mention it. Did they just scour the footage or do most of the folks in the house kind of know rightly like, hey, this is going to happen, right? We're all on the same page. Maybe even we saw some people or talked to some people who were in conversation to be there as a mercenary. I don't know, but I just thought it was interesting that they showed us that moment uh, to kind of tease the thing we already know that's happening in the end of the episode. We've known for months now this is what's going to happen. Third and final thing from the opening house segment, Kieran and Zara. I love the boxing lesson. I love getting to watch the two of them box. But the moment they showed that, I was like, "Mm, this is... This is too specifically showing these two people something. These two people, we'll see. But my radar was immediately up of like, oh, one of you two is probably going home. But then when we get to the daily and they're partnered together, I'm like, wait a minute. Could this be that they were just easily setting us up the two winners of the daily? So we've already referenced it. Why don't we just move ahead and talk about that? For the daily challenge, before we talk about the challenge itself, we We'll talk about the format for a moment. We get the, you know, announcement. We're into the chaos. We get the nice little graphic. It is really good. Well done to the editors. I like the little graphic thing, even if it's totally pointless. It's still really well made, regardless of whether it has worth for the show itself. I'm good with the new stage. It's basically what we expected. Um, I love that they have to pick on the spot when they win. I hope that stays, that it's immediately after. Obviously, that loses some of its effect after the first time. The first time, it's kind of stunning and something silly could happen, as does here. We'll talk about it in a moment. But uh, after that, it's still like you got to pick on the spot. You can think in advance, but you don't know who the teams are going to be. You don't know if you're going to be down there with a team deliberating you as a total individual with one other person that you weren't partnered with in that moment or someone you were partnered with in the moment. There's a lot of dynamics at play. And I like that they get to pick on the spot. That's uh that's a fun wrinkle. Now we'll talk more format in just a moment, but first the game itself that they play, it's absolutely awesome. It's one of those, you know, this is why you do the challenge kind of, challenges where it's just really fun it looks like an amazing thing to do that you're never ever in your in your entire life unless you're like you know billionaire rich and you're like i just actually pay some people a ton of money to build this stuff and i just do it in my backyard i don't know if anyone out there is doing that if they are they should invite me but i doubt it so this is the type of stuff like you only can do this on the challenge there's nowhere else that does this type of ridiculous extreme yet safely built and interesting and you get one try and that's it you know what i'm saying so loved 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 the game thought there was a lot of strategy definitely think this is one of one of many uh it's you know it's a challenge staple that the later you go the more you can learn the much better you should do going first or second in this is really difficult there is a clear strategy of wait till the end one and two that some of the rotations you get down, you're at the bottom, right? As you pass one of the poles, some of the rotations you're not. Save all the rings for the rotations you are. It definitely worked out. The couple groups that got big, big point totals, especially Corey and Raven, who end up winning. Corey gets that one big dump where it looks like he gets five or six on the pole. The pole fell over. I was kind of like, does this count or not? They kind of made it seem like it counts. I assume it does. Maybe this will be a little cliffhanger. They'll be like, but those don't count. They came off. I don't know. But uh, that was one of many of the big point totals that were scored kind of came off the dropping a bunch on one target, the one time you get really close at the bottom of the spin. So the later in the game you go, the much better chance you have of doing well. Corey and Raven win. And then they pick Asaf. 
as they're asked to pick a male on the spot, I know it's on the spot. I know it's difficult. I know there's two of them. There's a lot to weigh. I, I did appreciate Raven seemingly in the moment giving a little immediately being like, you know, that I'm going to give you my opinions, but this, they did say man. And so I'm going to kind of let you have a slight sway here, a slight tiebreaker, if you will. And then after the fact, she confirms like, you know, I gave my opinion, but I, I wanted to let him more or less make the decision because it's a male day. And I just thought that was proper. I think they all should do that. I hope they all do weigh that or kind of give the tie-breaking vote to the person who, you know, their side of the coin is the one going into the elimination that day. But who knows? Maybe it, maybe that won't happen, and maybe they can't trust that it's always just one going in or anything like that. But they pick us off. Um, before I talk about why I think that was silly, but not as silly as it's maybe made out to be, quick tangent i wanted it to be a dual style draft so bad when he told him to come stand next to them and, and i was just immediately like dude this, they're gonna do a dual draft this is gonna be amazing they're gonna do a dual draft i'm gonna love it and then they didn't um so that was a quick little moment i had where i got extremely excited and then was disappointed but then ultimately it was like oh, at least they're picking on the spot that's kind of fun not some grenade or something a la vendettas i that i had a little bit of a and as I equally had this fun thought of dual style draft, I had a negative thought of like, don't be, you get extra power. You get to sabotage someone in the next town. No, no, no. So it was good. I just, it could have been great if it was the dual thing. I do need more explanation on why they pick us off. So I know we get early in the episode, we get the graphics of the two main alliances in the house. One of which is put forward as Narisa's alliance, but it's kind of the U S alliance. But within that, there's also Colleen. I think Colleen's the only non-U.S. person in the Narises slash U.S. alliance. But there's 11 people in it. Okay, it's over half the house. And then there's the U.K. contingent that's like five or six people. Um, and there's a couple of floaters out there that no one wants to claim, I guess. But with that, Corey and Raven, Corey, who has seemingly been firmly in the U.S. camp the whole time maybe not anyone's number one, which we, you know, have mentioned before, but he's firmly in the U S and then Raven who has been on the U S side has been kind of in the middle has made some mistakes, went into the elimination, but seemed to still want to build back that trust on that side versus totally defecting to the other and being against that Alliance. And so, you know, I get that Jay and Ed are definitely out. We've seen those two probably talk to Corey as much as anyone, I guess then Corey, you know, says Emmanuel's out because of spies, lies, and allies, and he's not voting for anyone from his season, which fascinating uh, to say the least. That's, you know, it's a, something to grasp at. Sure. And I will say because Emmanuel kind of doesn't have anyone really riding for him, it, it would behoove him maybe to scoop that person up. Kieran's out because of Raven. And then, Maybe, I guess, because of what we see after the fact and Corey references, you know, he really appreciates, you know, James always kind of talks to him honestly and directly the way he wishes these people he's known for a couple of years now don't. Um, so maybe James is out, but that still means that core or Ky Callum, Kyland and Horacio are still available by this math I've just been doing for you. And mainly Callum is still there. There is someone from the UK who is not hooking up with Raven or Corey. <laughs> And who is, you know, readily available to be thrown in. I would still, I would put James in that category as well. And if you wanted to go at the U S Kyland is kind of like on the bottom as much as anyone on the U S. And if anything, you could be like, Kyland, I'm a little worried, you know, you and Melissa getting close, you, you kind of like 
on the outskirts of this alliance. I, you know, I could, I could see the argument there. Or if you wanted to go like, Hey, I'm taking control of the game. I want to vote for the best people here. I would like to see the best people go home. And I think Horacio is the best. And you want to go that route. I would get that. So he goes Asaf. Asaf definitely deserves to be upset. Um, because again, I think Callum is the obvious choice. I love Corey Lay. I kind of ride for Corey Lay pretty hard here. And so I'm trying to find words that make it make sense and give me a way to defend my guy, but uh, I don't really have them. So let's just move on. <laughs> let's talk about the club next because we go to the club again. I think we've been at the club every single episode and it's fantastic. Thank you for going to the club every single time. And thank you for showing it to us every single time at the club. This time we get some fun, funny dance montages to start it mixed with Asaf uh, looking sad in between the dance montages. I really like that. We get some, uh, an interesting note about Colleen. I'll touch on here in a moment. We get Horacio and Reese's lap dance. We get Michelle and Corey, huge emotion talk. We get a lot from the club scene. It's, it's going well every single time they go to the club. So I'm liking it. I'm loving it. I'm loving this season. And with this club scene, the three things that I just referenced, I will now go a slightly more in depth on the first one, the Colleen thing. I bet you were not expecting me to talk about Colleen on this podcast recap tonight. I wasn't necessarily either. I bet you're probably thinking, why is he talking about Colleen at all, regardless of the season at any point of the season? Cause she doesn't seem to talk to anyone in the house, but I've got to point out she's while she isn't talking to them at any point in any of the times we see her, we do see her over and over and over and over again. She's always there a part of the conversations. It feels like everyone does like her and is fine with her being around. Maybe they're always like, look, we can talk strategy in front of Colleen. Cause we, we both know she's kind of not working with anyone. Um, and like, you know, you're nice. I like you. Sure. You can hang around. Um, it's very interesting. I love Colleen. I just think she's a real gem. I I'm I think I want to say her season of the mole from Germany is maybe available like on Netflix or somewhere. I don't know. I got to go look and find it and watch because I want to see her in her element. I think she has I we've seen little glimpses of like she might be an absolute star of a show like The Challenge. It's just that she seems the most uncomfortable with the language barrier and is the most like, okay, with just kind of, I'm hanging out and I'm, everyone likes me. I like everyone. And, you know, I'm just kind of hanging out and floating around and that that's good. And I'm comfortable in this, in this area, but she just shows up in, in the club, a couple different conversations we see at the house during the deliberation portion, the whole, this, there's three or four times this episode where like three people are talking and Colleen is also there. And I'm just like, it's, it's just very interesting. Something worth pointing out. Anyways, the thing, obviously, everyone wanted wanted to see at the club. They teased it or didn't tease it. They showed it uh, on Instagram as they always, you know, show the couple scenes in advance. And they show that Narice and Horacio, it's it's finally happening. We obviously know it happens because they're together in real life right now. We assumed that that started sometime during this season. That would have made sense. And here we go. Uh, what better way to start it than with a lap dance in front of everyone? That's a hell of a way to start. So that's what happens, and uh, it looks wonderful. It looks like everyone's having a great time, and I wish them the best, those two beautiful people. Michelle and Corey, two other beautiful people, having a different type of emotional interaction, if you will. Michelle's upset. She doesn't believe, you know, Corey thought through the fact that, hey, we we haven't 100% been told that the women are off the hook here and you threw in the person I'm attached to and he's also in our alliance, but I ultimately don't really care about that. I care about the small fact that I maybe could be on the line here too. 
he, you know, is very convincing to me that like he legitimately on the moment in this, you know, on the spot decision did not think he took TJ at his word that says pick a man and he threw partners out the door and wasn't thinking about it at all. He does not really give a defense in this moment of why he leaned towards a soft over everyone else. Although it would have been fascinating because again, I thought Callum was the obvious pick for him and Raven, given where their alliances lie. Uh, it would have been interesting to be like, Hey dude, it's, it was him or the guy you're hooking up with. Did you want me to hit, get him gone? Like, or do you ultimately want your number one Jay to actually treat you like a number one? Cause right now he's treating someone else like his number one. So that would have been interesting. That did not happen. Uh, it was just a back and forth. Michelle being like, I can't believe this. And Corey being like, I'm, I think we're, I think you're going to be fine. And I want you to believe me that I didn't think about it. And it gets emotional. And uh, I love both of them. It's two of my favorite having a heated discussion. I hope um, that it is all mended and all good going into next episode because they're the best and I love them dearly. Then we have deliberation. Uh, before we get there, the house and deliberation segment here, uh, Corey maybe finds a friend in Lockie. We referenced it before. We'll come back and talk about it now. It's an interesting conversation. It definitely like Corey should definitely switch sides at this point because, uh, you know, we obviously know the end result of this. Asaf is still in the house. And so that means Jay and by virtue, then Michelle, like you're not, you're not, Corey's not good with them anymore. And that maybe, maybe we will see. It'll be fascinating to see if the rider dies girls who are their own alliance within the U.S. alliance and Horacio, who's much more, I would say, a part of the rider dies girls being Olivia, Nerese, especially now Nerese, and Mariah, and sometimes Raven. Whether they are, you know, more on, we're we don't need to be attached to Jay and Michelle in Asaf. We could be, we don't need to be, or whether they're like, no, we're attached to them. Let us like, what are, what are you doing? And Corey's on the outs. Either way, he should just bail right now and get in. And you could build a, you can't build a, a super like you can't build the majority alliance. That's for sure. But you can build a strong enough one where some people could be winning some daily challenges and you could get your way. Um, so I think he should team up with Lockie, even if it's very under the radar. I think he should. But the thing I really want to say about this conversation is. I like Lockie. I can't believe it. By the way, they're, they've not been calling him Lockie at all. Uh, James went by Lockie on the UK season. Uh, was there another James in the house? I don't remember. Anyways, so Lockie, James, James, Lockie, same person. Don't know which name I'll use at any given time, but I like him. I did not believe that that was going to be a thing that happened. I'm kind of stunned a little bit. I really enjoyed his episode and a half or whatever it was on Challenge UK. It was all time dramatic. I've referenced it a few times. I've said over and over, if you haven't watched challenge UK, it only takes you two and a half hours. You basically could have watched the whole season in the time it took you to watch tonight's episode. Almost not 60% of it. I mean, come on. So go watch it. Uh, it's a, it's a, you know, a, a star. Uh, it's not a star turn for Lockie, but it's, it's an episode and a half worth watching of his performance of uh, is just wild. And I did not expect to end up liking him on this season and like feeling like he's kind of an essential member of the cast. And here we are. I think I'm in on him. I think he's fun to have around. I think he does. I don't know if this is the right description for what I'm actually feeling, but he kind he has rough edges or sharp edges maybe would be better, not rough, sharp edges. Like he's sanded them down and, you know, he's clearly sculpted his body, but 
he's got sharp edges. So it's like, you still come at him the wrong way. It put him in the wrong situation, the wrong conversation. It gets confrontational. You can bump up against one of them. Sharp edges hurt yourself a little bit, but he seems like a gen- like he seems like a way nicer guy than I kind of thought after his brief stint on challenge UK. I love that his like two people he's connected with in the house so far. He's like, Huey was my guy. Oh fuck. Huey's gone. All right. Corey is my guy. Corey's my guy. Now I love it. I like this little, uh, blossoming friendship turned, hopefully turned under the radar partnership Alliance. I'm I'm here for both of those deliberation itself. Fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic. Love it. Pure messy. So these, (laughs) the, the daily challenges and even the eliminations, they don't, they don't really, you know, obviously we know none of these people are champions or anything, but like, it doesn't, it doesn't show the inexperience doesn't really show when they're going against each other. It will start to show as they go against champions in the eliminations, but it doesn't really show in those moments. You don't totally remember, or it's not right in your face. Deliberations are where it's in everyone's face. We're, are we five for five now on like someone doing something stupid at deliberation more or less, or them just being a mess and no one really knowing how to like lead it the right way, how to like maneuver, how to say the right thing, or just not speak at all when you don't need to speak, things like that. I don't know. Cause I have no idea what Asafa is doing at the beginning. He asked Jay, he's already going in, like he's, he's nominated. And instead of leading with what he ultimately gets to later, uh, I, I would like to go against Kieran. Can we all vote for Kieran? He leads with, I'm going to yell at Corey some more. I get it. You're very upset. But then I'm also, I'm going to ask Jay and I'm going to ask Horacio. And if everyone doesn't stop me, I was about to ask everyone in here, who are you closer to Corey or me? And I don't know who's benefiting or who's hurting from that. I don't know how that's hurting Corey necessarily. I don't know how that's benefiting you at all. It was strange, but I was, I I was entertained by it. That's for damn sure. Um, Good job on Horacio. Just being like, uh, that's a hard one to answer. are you sure you want to ask it? You know, like he had the perfect mix of like exasperation and confusion. And like, do we just all want to move on? Do you want to move on the person who asked me this question? Yeah, I think you do. And so they do move on. And there isn't a great choice for Asaf that isn't in his alliance. There's really not a good choice in his alliance either. So if you're going to pick between Callum, Kieran, and James, and you think Kieran is the best of the three, which I would agree. I think he is the best of the three. We don't have a you know ton of info to go off of, but I, I think I, I'm confident that he is the biggest threat of those three. Then, uh, yeah, you might as well just say, screw it and like go for the top of those three, I guess. Um, and maybe Asaf also is a little bit like, hey, James, I think I can beat in a final. And Callum, you know, I am working closely with Michelle and she's booed up with him. I don't know, but he's, you know, putting it forward as I want to go for the top dog here, which is Kieran on the UK side. Horacio probably is the de facto, you know, by word of mouth, top dog on the U S side. He goes, Kieran, I get it. And yeah, the guy's side is just really even it's, it's really coming. That's what we, I went into the season thinking this, I still feel this way, even maybe more so now that it's really up in the air. It's really kind of even for me across the board, the guy side, for sure. I feel like I have a little bit better grasp of skill sets on the guy's side, the female side. I feel it's very even as well. I just feel like maybe I have a little bit less of a grasp on some of the skill sets, how to grade out certain skill sets for certain people. So it adds a little bit more even confusion into it, but across the board, I'm just like, I don't really know. Like, yeah, you can say Kieran and Horacio are like top dogs, but as we talk about with the power rankings every week and we're going to this week again, 
I don't really know how you call anyone like the top dog out of it on either side of this. I don't know who is really separating themselves from the group. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss. And so, uh, yeah, they go with Kieran and he takes it on the chin, takes it like a champ and we keep it moving. Speaking of champions, I didn't mean to do that, but it just kind of happened. I guess 200 and some episodes in, you hit some natural segues once in a great while. Jordan is here, and let's talk about Jordan being here and the champions being here in general. Jordan is here to do a job, and that job is television show. That's the job. The job isn't to win. The job isn't to be good, although those are subsets that are hopefully part of it, and they know because it's Jordan that those will be. But the job is, Jordan, we need you to come in and make a damn good television product. We're going to bring you in at the 60-minute mark of this episode. We got 30 minutes, really, you know, take out the commercials. We got 22 minutes of time to fill, and that's going to be 22 minutes where Jordan razzles and dazzles and, you know, gets in everyone's grill and, you know, just drives the story, drives the entertainment, brings it in every single facet. And he does this just that. That's why he turns his, you know, quote unquote, Jordan, this all the way up to 11. Like, he's like, I gotta be, I gotta be the character of Jordan above and beyond even just being myself, Jordan, who is himself, one of the more authentic folks we have in, in this world. That's for damn sure. And that's why he's not nice to Kieran. That's why he's, you know, talking the way he is kind of talking shit the way he is. That's why he was chosen to be the first champion out the gate because they won have the most faith in him to to win and to put on a show and to do it in kind of flamboyant, cocky fashion because they're looking for that. And they know if we anyone can do that, confident that they can 100% do that, we're not going to – they're not going to fall on their face and thus us, the producers, are not going to fall on our face. It's Jordan. But then also, he's the person who's going to get the biggest pop to use a wrestling term here. I know there's no audience there. There should be live audiences should happen again. It's possible – that's an, an, an argument that I've had before. We'll do save it again for another day. But, uh, you know, from an audience standpoint of how excited those of us sitting on the couch watching are going to get Jordan is as good as it gets of anyone not named Kara or CT who are there going to save for last. And in this scenario, you're going to save the absolute best, the biggest pop for last Kara and CT. You're going to put your second best pop first. And that's Jordan. And again, also when you add on top that he's the one you can rely on the most, 100%. If you're like, hey, we get to tailor the elimination to you, so it is going to be something you're good at. Who do we want to win an elimination? Jordan's my number one pick, above all. With Again, with the caveat of it's not going to be something you're horrible at or you know, totally plays to a disadvantage or something like that. If it was totally wide open, we have no idea what the elimination is going to be pulling an elimination out of a hat, pulling a name out of a hat. I might go Laurel. I don't know. It would be really tough. I'd have to think about that. But Jordan, Jordan's in the conversation no matter what. And certainly under these circumstances, he's by far the number one draft pick by far. So he's there to do a job. And yeah, it's, uh, it's why he, because he, you know, it's why also why, because he is first, he got a game that was perfectly suited to him because I'm not sure if well one i'm not sure that anyone beats him at this game this game really is very well suited for him i'll get more to that in a second but i don't i'm i'm interested to see how taylor made the games are for the champs and maybe did the champs maybe get a say in the game like if they're being asked to come you're coming as a mercenary you can win 10 grand you know this is kind of the theme of the season 
I wonder if they got any, you know, promises of like, you know, if Devin's like, okay, but like, you're not, I'm not going to show up and it's going to be a hall brawl. Right. Like you're not going to like dick me over and make me look lame as one of the champions. Right. Like I wonder if they had any communication, any assurances, any say in the matter in how Taylor made the games will be, but I definitely think they want the champion to win at least half the time, but they definitely want the first champ to win. They want that message to be sent in this to pay off and be effective. So the first one is going to be tailor-made to the person. This is very tailor-made to Jordan. So it all lines up now to the games itself. Asaf wanted to go in versus Jordan. That's insane. It works out for him that he looks cool on TV because he doesn't get to go in, but uh, you're insane. Asaf, I'm sorry. You're, you're insane. Um, Kieran learning about Jordan earlier that day or the day before, whenever that was that they showed us that moment earlier in the episode, which was so good. Cause we knew Jordan was coming already, but of him, like hearing like, Oh, like, you know, Horacio won five times. Okay. Whatever. And then Raven being like, well, he did beat Jordan too. Like he beat Jordan in, in a game. Jordan should be good at. And he's like, who's Jordan. That's fantastic. What a setup. That's, that's pretty amazing from the production team. Definite high fives in the editing booth when they got that. Is there any champ? Is there any champ? Is there any chance that the third dagger is that the champ doesn't play? Right? They didn't bring someone there for them to be a 33% chance that they don't play, right? So that that we got to throw that out. So that third dagger, one dagger is someone's name, one dagger is the other person's name. I think there's a chance in the future that there's three people standing there for the draw, and that's how we get to three daggers again. But for the meantime, the third one is definitely the champ gets to pick, right? It's not, I don't know, maybe it's TJ gets to pick. That'd be hilarious. Maybe it's the house gets to vote again. Maybe it's automatically the the one, you know, one side or the other voted for, either the winners or the house. Maybe it says last place in the challenge, come on down. Um, who knows? But I would assume that it says the champ gets to pick. That would be the safe bet. We'll see. The game they play is really cool. And as I referenced before, it's, tailor-made for Jordan. Okay. Speed and agility, a little bit of wrestling, although we eventually it's not explained at first, but we do get the one big tackle and then the reset. And we, it's the first or second reset that we see during it. So you could be physical up to a point, but speed, agility, a little bit of physicality, mostly just like determination and grit on top of who's fast and a just dope athlete. Endurance plays a factor, but then above all else, you can think your way through this one much more than most people would walk in there and realize that you can think your way through. And that is where Jordan wisely excels. He's the best athlete going in the challenge house. I'm sorry, Horacio Jordan's still the best athlete in the challenge house in my mind, all around athlete, but he also thinks these things through on the level that only a couple other people think these things through and he's been able to display that thought process time and time again in epic elimination after epic elimination in this one it is put on full display as well he does just that he outthinks kieran in this he's cocky the whole time you know that I, he loses the first round on purpose don't tell me otherwise he does he does 100 percent. that's a guarantee and then he, uh, we know for a fact we he's it makes it very clear he loses the first two points of the second one immediately and that is the moment where he realizes he won because kieran hasn't figured out what jordan has figured out which is the strategy behind this because when jordan lets him get those kieran could have been the first one to say wait a minute i'm up one nothing and this is a timed thing 
there isn't a certain amount of these buzzers. This is a time. We got one minute, and you're just going to let me walk up here and press the second one? I'll just stop at the top. I won't press it. I'll wait until you come to me. And he didn't figure that out. Jordan did. There then... Eventually in the third one, I'm trying to remember if it was ever, it, he never gets a chance once he, you know, sees Jordan do these tricks. He never gets a chance in the third round to like reverse the tides and kind of do the tricks back to Jordan. But between, Hey, I can run up there and just wait. You have to come up near me. Like you don't get to sit there and conserve your energy. That's brilliant. And yeah, it just, there's, he, he thinks his way through it and he's fast and determined and he, this, nothing will ever be full redemption, full, full redemption. He's, he's, he might be the best that's ever played this game. Okay. So he doesn't need redemption that that's redemption enough, but for the free agents moment, pulling all the things versus bananas, which they show us here. I always love that flashback, but, uh, the, the cockiness, you know, of I'll go down 0-1 in rounds. I'll go down two points in this 60-second second round, and then I'll still win is, you know, he pulls it off this time, and that's amazing, and it's wonderful, and Jordan's the best. <laughs> He's the best. He may, I don't know, man, four out of nine's a lot. Four out of nine's a lot. Six out of nine finals is a lot. I still, I still contend. Rivals, too, if they're not eliminated on that opening, you know, swim and puzzle, Jordan and Marlon win. I, I I believe it to this day. You can't convince me otherwise. I know CT and Wes are damn good, obviously. But uh Jordan and Marlon have that gas. Okay. And I think I think a couple of those long strength endurance challenges on the in that final, not to continue on the standard too far, but yeah, I think they could have won. Anyways, um, so yeah, maybe Jordan's the best that's ever done it. I don't know. It's still bananas in my book. It's CT and everyone else's book. That's fine. But it is what it is. Jordan gets his flowers. He gets his win. He gets his 10 grand. He did his job. He made great television. Kieran is gone. Kieran is fantastic. I really love Kieran. I really enjoy him on the show. 10 out of 10 recommend inviting Kieran back for many seasons in the future. Definitely hope we get to see him again. Sad that he was the one that to, uh, had to be on the losing end of the first champ versus contender battle. Now to the awards. First best quote two nominees here. There was other good ones. I'm doing a bad job of writing down the quotes. I'm, I'm really doing a bad job. That's on me. I will get better. I promise you I'll get better, but not the fucking clock stealing all my shine. The quote from Kylan mixed with we're seeing him from the back. Michelle hands over the face in that moment made it all the better. Second one though, I'll, you know, I'll give the award to TJ. Uh, you know, it's pretty static, but it's still good. I still enjoy the moment he introduces him. As all of you know, nothing is easy on the challenge. It's a chaotic game, and you're all here to be a champion for the very first time, right? Well, I believe to be the best, you've got to beat the best. And then welcomes Jordan out. Loved it. Best quote of the episode. Best moment. First nominee, Asaf and Corey after the daily going at it. Always love an argument immediately after the daily where they still have to keep the cameras rolling and show it to us. Second nominee, the dance montage that opens the club scene as they did some people dancing. Pan over to Asaf looking sad. Some people dancing. Pan back to Asaf. It's a tough look for him, but it's a really funny and good, well-edited moment, so I like that. Third one, Narisa's lap dance for Horacio. It's lovely. It's wonderful. They're the best. Fourth one, Corey and Michelle's conversation at the club. The club, again, the club scene crushed on all three. Three for three club scene. Loved it. Asaf opening uh, to deliberation as uh, the next nominee. Again, I have no idea what was going on, but I was definitely enjoying it. Jordan's walk out in introduction is definitely a nice moment, and then Jordan toying with Kieran. 
going at letting them go up to nothing and just confidently looking at the camera. Like, I got this. Don't worry about it. Like, we're not going to, don't worry production. Uh, some people definitely were sweating bullets in behind the scenes. Be like, wait a minute, Jordan, we, we wanted you to be Jordan, but like, this might be too much Jordan here. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give that moment to him. Yeah. It's gotta be, it's gotta be that, um, as for episode MVP though, I will not be giving it to Jordan. I am making a rule right here. And now that the champ cannot win the episode MVP, no matter what they do, they can, if they do their job and they are very entertaining, they can earn their spot as fifth on the list and getting a shout out. Jordan certainly did that. Fantastic crush 10 out of 10. This is what they're looking for with this twist, with this idea, with this theme. Jordan delivered 10 out of 10. Absolute. See, he gets on the ballot, but champs are not allowed to win the MVP of the episode. That's just, we're just, you know, they don't get to win anything. He got 10 grand. Good for, good job. He gets to go home. First class flight, hopefully. Michelle fourth, Kieran third, Asaf second, Corey Lay first, my guy, MVP. Tough to pick between, between him and Asaf and even Kieran a little bit, but uh, we're giving it to Corey and yeah, bias be damned. Finally, then the power rankings and prediction. Now the power rankings are just GD impossible. Okay. It's impossible out here, but I'm going to give it my best and I'm not only going to give it my best. I'm going all 19 folks. We're going all 19 deep. Uh, cause I kind of want to do more tiers than anything else, but I'll, I'll put them in order and these could fluctuate violently week to week. Okay. Violent fluctuation could be in store on the men's side. I'm going to give Horacio the top spot. The thing that worries me is I need one more episode to find out. Are they going to say, Hey, the best folks here need to go down an elimination and stay in this game and keep our money. Or are they going to be like, we don't care. We'll lose. I mean, just be clear. There's 10 champions coming. They can lose a hundred grand. This could be back down to $300,000 by the end of this. If the champs go 10 to no. Okay. That's 2003 money again. Anyways. Um, so I don't know, but for the time being, until we do know, which is why these could fluctuate so, so much going into next week after next week, but Horacio stays top, Ed stays second, and I'm putting Ed and Horacio in their own category. Okay. They're the only ones in this house on the men's side who have 100% without a shadow of a doubt to me. I know that's saying a lot on Ed's front. I'm biased. I love Ed, but I, I honestly think he has both of them check every single box we need. I guess we haven't seen Ed run long distance and He's a bit of a meathead, so maybe he's not good at that. Maybe That's why he's second and Horacio's first, but they're in the same tier. Jay's third. James is fourth. Big move up. Corey Lay is still in fifth. Callum sixth. Kylan seventh. Manuel eighth. Asaf ninth. I just think Kylan, Manuel, and Asaf, if this wasn't the champs introduced, would be the next three on in Callum. That, that bottom four would be like the next up to get thrown in, kind of on the cutting board. They could all end up at the top of this list next week if it does turn into let's throw in the the quote unquote best or the biggest threats. And now Horacio's going in. Now, Ed, why don't you go in there and do this for us? Uh, James and Corey, you're big guys. Why don't you go in there? It's CT. Who knows? Um, so we'll see. This could literally flip 100% around. But Horacio, Ed, Jay, James, Corey, Callum, Kylan, Emmanuel, Asaf. On the women's side, Olivia, Michelle, Mariah, Raven, stay. Raven moves up to get it the fourth, but that's top tier for me. Those are the top four, but also the top tier where there's a cutoff. Raven moves into that group of people I think can win this. I kind of think almost, I don't know. I think Norris could too. Maybe I should, the cutoff should be after fifth. Norris is fifth. Melissa six, big T seven, Zara eight, Colleen nine, Berna 10. Now I believe Zara could win because she can win a final. I just, I'm concerned she won't get there. Colleen and Berna are just like, they're, 
they could end up at the top of this list again if it turns into like, let's throw in the biggest threats. But right now they're just totally floating. No one's really actually bring them into any alliance. So I think they're going to end up down in the sand rather quickly. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's kind of anyone's game, but I put Olivia, Michelle, Mariah, and Raven, and maybe even Narice too in that top category. I I think maybe, I don't know. I, I need to see more from Narice. I need to see more from all this group, men and women, both. We haven't seen a lot from most of these people, so it's just really tough. But that's 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 what I got for now. We'll see what happens next week. Prediction-wise, uh, three predictions for you. Two of them are actually kind of rest-of-season predictions. I was going to predict who would be the champ next week, but then I was like, no, let's predict who the exact order for the champions that they'll be announced because I was confident even before they announced Jordan. I was like, Jordan's going to be the first one, and CT and Car are going to be the last ones, and then everyone else is going to fit into that. So... I think Kaz will be next week because I think they're going to match Kaz up with Jordan world champions first, that whole thing. And Kaz will get the smallest pop of all of them, you know, uh, respectfully to her who I adore, but she's, you know, she won the world championships. She was on UK. And so most challenge fans, MTV challenge fans don't you know know her as much. So out of these 10, she's, you know, got the smallest profile. On the women's side, I think the order will be Kaz, Laurel, Tori, Casey, Cara. On the men's side, I think it'll be Jordan, Darrell, Devin, Brad, CT. We will see. I will check back on that, but I feel confident Cara and CT are going to be last. And then as for next week's prediction, Berna and Colleen end up in the sand, in the draw, going up uh, potentially against Kaz. That's what we're going with. And that is it for tonight. Thank you as always for being here. Be Fank episode five in the books. As always, challenge historian on Instagram. Get in touch if you want to chat challenge. Subscribe on YouTube if you're watching there. Follow, subscribe if you're listening on Apple or Spotify. Leave a rating. Those things help so, so much. If you're still here listening at this point, you must really love me. So definitely help me out with that because I really love you. I appreciate you. I thank you for being here. I will talk to you if you're a Survivor fan sometime this weekend. If you're not, I'll talk to you next week. Be Fank episode six. Until then, peace.